0: In gymnastics, there are two kinds of landings. Ones you can spot, and ones that are blind. When doing a backflip, a gymnast can spot the ground before they land. They can see exactly where they want to go. But flipping forward results in a blind landing, because a gymnast can't see the ground. They just have to trust. Trust their training. Trust their muscle memory. Trust that if they leap at a certain height, twist at a certain moment, they'll land on their feet. When the landing's blind, you can't see where you're going. You can't see where you'll end up. I've been thinking about this concept, a blind landing, a lot lately, because it feels like the perfect metaphor for what happened with women's gymnastics at the 2000 Olympics. And the one moment, the one competition, when having that trust was a really, really bad idea. My name is Ari Saperstein, and I am not a gymnast. I'm a journalist. And I've actually never, ever covered gymnastics, never reported on it. Until a year ago, all I knew about it was, uh, you know, the Perfect Ten, and uh, Simone Biles, and, uh, yeah, basically just that. But one day, while researching a story, I started reading about gymnastics at the 2000 Olympics and learned that, for lack of a better word, it was kind of a mess. Women's gymnastics, to be exact, at these games was just mired in controversies about things like banned substances. The committed a doping offense. And falsified ages.
1: One of China's gymnasts was only 14. A member of that team was underage at the time.
0: Those stories, they've gotten a lot of attention over the years. And in the process, they overshadowed this other story. A story that's been pretty buried. A story about gymnasts and trust. Trust in authority, in the Olympics, in the rule book, in themselves, in blind landings, and when that trust backfires. Now, really, to give away any more details would be a huge spoiler for this podcast. But I want to let you know that this isn't a story about abuse, as so many stories about gymnastics have been over the past few years. There's been so much important reporting lately about the bad things that happen behind closed doors in gymnastics. And this is a story about a bad thing that happened televised, live on the world's biggest stage right in front of our eyes.
2: I told my coach I was sure, very sure that something is wrong.
0: So many gymnasts were fooling. It's like, well, you can't keep ignoring there's something wrong here. Something is not right. It was pain. Pain in my knees and pain in my heart.
1: I guess I was in disbelief.
0: I think it's a story that needs to be told. This is Blind Landing, the untold story of one of the biggest mistakes in Olympic history. Episode 1.
1: You just know it in your bones. Sometimes in competitions, it just happens. And 2000 Nationals for me was one that was very natural. And it was just one of those competitions where everything fell into place.
0: On July 29th, 2000, at the Kiel Center in St. Louis, Missouri, 18-year-old Elise Ray was about to compete at the U.S. Gymnastics Championships. And what Elise knew in her bones was that this was going to be a very good day. It's
1: you know how you walk into the arena, how you warm up, everything just kind of clicks, and you're nervous, of course, you're terrified, of course, but it feels like you're ready and you're confident and You just know you're going to hit.
0: And that is exactly what Elise did. Perform hit after hit routine on the balance beam, uneven bars, and floor exercise. Going into the final event, Elise was in the lead
1: and... I came down to vault and I knew that the championship was on the line.
2: I'll never forget it. She knew she was close to winning the meet. This
0: is Kelly Hill, Elise's coach. Kelly remembers the moment right before
2: Elise was set to compete vaults. She had warmed up, and she starts pacing. She's pacing in front of me, pacing. And she comes right over to me, looks, stands in front of me, and looks at me and says, I want to double fall.
0: Elise had only ever done vaults with one twist or one and a half. But she'd been working on a much more difficult vault with two twists, the double full.
2: And double fulls back then were, that was a big vault. And I asked Kelly, can I do my Yurchenko double
1: full? It was the first. I had never competed it before, only trained it.
2: What Elise was saying was
0: that she wanted to do one of the most difficult vaults in gymnastics for the first time here in the final moments of the U.S. championships with everything on the line.
2: And I'm like, Elise, we have, we've been here a week.
1: We haven't warmed it up. And she looks at me and she's like, are you going to hit it? And she
2: goes, I can double full. I just knew it. I was like, okay, okay let's go. I was a nervous wreck at that point. It, she was bound and determined. And you know what? When you have an athlete that says, I want to do this, I can do this, I'm doing it. You have to go with it. It just okay. And so
1: I debuted my Yurchenko double fold.
0: She spun through the air. One twist. A second twist. And I made it. And it was like this moment. And it was,
1: and the fact that Kelly trusted me to do it is insane. So, um, but it was a really
2: special moment. She double fold and it was an absolute highlight. The highlight of my coaching career to watch her be so determined, and want something, and know she could do it and do it. Elise had won; she was now the U.S. national champion,
0: and that meant Elise was a shoe in to represent the U.S. at that year's Olympic Games, and that meant there's just one more thing left on her gymnastics bucket list.
1: You know, any elite athlete, right? You dream of going to the Olympics, but because you're an elite athlete, you don't just dream of going to the Olympics, you dream of going to the Olympics and meddling. It's the absolute pinnacle, right? It's what everybody wants.
0: But Elise didn't have her eye on just any medal. She wanted an all-around medal.
1: All-around is when you add up all four events, vaults, uneven bars, balance beam, and floor exercise. And then you get an all-around score. So all four events matter for that all-around score.
0: The Olympic all-around title, it's the top prize in gymnastics. And Elise, she had a real shot at walking away with a medal.
2: She, that's what she wanted. That's what she had dreamed for. That's what she had trained for. I knew that if she went out and did her best job, she was a medal contender. Elise and Callie headed off to Sydney,
0: ready to make that dream a reality. That's after the break The eyes of the world are on Sydney, Australia, as the Summer Olympics get underway. 2000 Summer Olympics. 2000 Olympics are officially underway. in Sydney, Australia.
1: Televised to 3.7 billion people around the world. A record 199
0: nations, more than 10,000 athletes.
2: Welcome to the Sydney 2000 Games of the 27th Olympia.
0: Women's gymnastics is the most watched summer Olympic sport. So on September 21st, 2000, all eyes around the globe were on 36 of the world's top gymnasts as they entered the Sydney Superdome for the Olympic all-around final. Kelly Hill remembers what it was like walking into the arena with Elise that day.
2: She was obviously nervous, but... She was on her game. She was confident. She felt good going into it. And you could tell.
0: And her first event in the Olympic all-around final was the vault. Yes, the same event where Elise sealed the U.S. national champion title. Now, for those of you listening who don't know anything about gymnastics, I want to tell you a little bit about the vault. First of all, vault is both a noun and a verb. The vault is a four-foot-high padded piece of metal that the gymnast pushes off of and flips over. Sometimes it's also called the table or the horse. And the verb, to vault, it starts with an 80-foot runway that the gymnast sprints down. And at the end of that runway, they jump onto a springboard and push off of the vault. According to Elise, this event, it's all about timing, speed, and precision.
1: As a gymnast, you start on the opposite end of the vault.
0: When the gymnast gets the green light from the judges, they start sprinting down the runway.
1: So you have a certain amount of steps,
0: and a lot of gymnasts count their steps. It's like a rocket launch, counting down the seconds before liftoff. But instead, the gymnast is counting down how many steps are left, 50 feet away from the table, 40 feet, 30 feet. It's very methodical. At the end of the runway, the gymnast jumps onto the springboard and rebounds upwards.
1: And you start sort of your entry into the table.
0: The gymnast pushes off the vault with their hands, using all that repulsion to lift high into the air. And in that second of weightlessness, they fit in as many flips and twists as possible.
1: They land on the mats on the opposite
0: side. Feet on the springboard, hands on the vault, stick the landing.
1: One small step, one, you know, one inch is a, is a really big difference. It, it completely plays a factor in your run and your hurdle and your entry.
0: Elise had every single one of these steps running through her mind as she got in line for the warm-up round on Vault.
1: When you're nervous, you're, it's physiologically different. Um, your run may be quicker, your steps may be smaller than everything, then is a ripple effect from there on out. Um, So for me, I really had to work on kind of using my breath to regulate my nerves. So my run and everything would be very much the same as in practice.
0: Elise exhaled and started
2: her run.
1: So I had gotten myself finally up to this point of, okay, I am ready. I'm ready to tackle this competition. I feel really good.
0: Her footsteps got faster. She was ready
2: to go. She was ready to take on the world. Feet on the springboard. Elise leaped into the air, and
0: then... I basically landed
1: on my back.
0: Elise fell. And this... This was not a typical fall. She crashed. Which is the gymnastics word for when anything that can go wrong, does. What happened is that her feet got on the springboard, but her hands, they missed the vault.
1: I mean, you feel a very distinct repulsion off the horse. So I had
2: no repulsion off the horse, so I barely even touched my fingertips. So on vault, you're really jumping off of your arms, your hands, and you're pushing so that it's a rebound. Without that repulsion without that push off the vault with her hands. The timing is completely off, and a kid can't do the vault if their timing's off. It's not there. They're expecting the rebound, and there's no rebound.
0: Elise flipped through the air at the wrong angle, the wrong speed, out of control. Instead of completing the complex twist she planned, Elise barely rotated and came crashing down hard on the landing mat. Had you had crashes that were like that close before?
1: No, I've never landed anything like that in
2: competition. No, that was not normal. No part of that was normal. I mean, it's,
0: it is not dramatic to say that you were inches away from being.
1: Yeah, and I, you know, I, yeah, I can't even, it's hard for me to even say those words out loud,
0: What neither of us are saying, what's so hard to say out loud, is that this could have been life or death. Elise walked away unscathed, but if anything had been just a fraction more off, I mean, if Elise used any less power, if she rotated any slower, then her head and neck would have taken the full impact. That's why Elise couldn't bring herself to watch the footage of the fall for years. And when she finally saw it for the first time, not that long ago...
1: I was pretty stunned on how close, Ari, kind of like you mentioned, it was. Um, just because the feeling of it is very different than it looks. But uh, yeah, and then I think I cried, which is probably healthy. <laughs> but it was uh, a pretty intense reaction watching it the
0: first time. When Elise crashed, Kelly was just a few feet away. So Kelly saw Elise miss her hands on the vault... And in that moment, she jolted back, totally shocked. Like in a horror movie when something jumps out from the screen and you just, you recoil your whole body, totally frightened.
2: In the warm up, I was right there. Yeah. And there's, I couldn't have helped her. I, I knew I couldn't get in there quick enough. I mean, truly right before your eyes. Yeah.
1: Her reaction. I mean, she was terrified, right? I was thankful enough that I knew just to duck under, but it was a very scary fall.
2: At first I thought that, okay, it's a wake up call. She's just realized where she's at and she's in all around finals and she's getting nervous. And then I started trying to figure out, okay, no, her head's in the game. I'm talking to her. She knows what she's doing, but she's not getting, okay, your feet are underneath of you. I don't, because I even said to her at one point, at least technically, you look like you're on. What do you feel? She was asking me what was wrong. I had no idea. I, I don't. I did not
1: understand. We didn't know what was happening. I blamed myself. I thought it was nerves. I thought my steps were off. Maybe nerves. Maybe adrenaline. Um. Yeah. Some
2: something that I was doing. And then I was like trying to be very okay, not to get all frazzled, because I. A lot of athletes will pick up on the nerves of the coach. And if I think something's wrong and everything's off, and then she'll start doubting herself, and I didn't want her to doubt herself because I was already doubting myself. I I didn't know. I was at a loss. I didn't know what to tell her. And that's that's your warm up. That's all you get in order to prepare for your actual competition
1: vault. Because I you know crashed so bad in in touch and warm up. I remember. I do remember this. Standing back there, standing back there, thinking, well. I don't know, I'm just going to run really hard and safely get over the table. Because I knew if, you know, enough power, you can complete your rotations in a sense. I just tried to sheer power because I didn't know what else to do.
0: After the warm-up round, Elise got back in line for her first official vault attempt with a new strategy, sheer power. And when she goes for it, Elise gets over the vault safely and lands on her feet, but then immediately loses her balance and falls backwards. Better than a full crash, yeah, but not by much. Her second and final vault, it, it's even worse. At least lands on her butt. And the look on her face after that final fall, it said it all.
1: Because well, anybody that knows gymnastics knows that you fall in Olympic games, like, you're done. That's it. Game
2: over. She had never not made a vault. And I think it was like, are you okay? Yeah, you know, I gave her a hug. What do, you, what do you say to an athlete that dreams have just go- are gone in a blink of an eye? I remember
1: Kelly coming over to me and saying, like, we have a competition. You have the rest the competition to do. Like, I was just completely
2: defeated.
0: Remember, this is the all-around. So Elise still had three more events to compete.
2: And she she knew she was out of the game at that point, point. and it that it was hard. I don't know. I just and I just more remember her sitting in the chair, completely dejected, with grips like not even caring if she put them on. I mean, that bar
1: routine, even which was the next event, was I hardly remember it. Like my mental state at that point, oof, it was it was hard. It was really hard.
0: Elise Ray. U.S. national champion, America's best shot at a medal in the most watched Olympic event, she was in last place. Her Olympic hopes and her elite gymnastics career had effectively come to an end on the vault. At this point, you may be thinking, okay, everybody has a bad day. And falling? In gymnastics? Like, aren't competitions usually decided by who sticks it and who stumbles? And yeah, of course, gymnasts fall. But in all-around competitions, at this level, gymnasts don't usually fall on vault. While working on this podcast, I watched a lot of World and Olympic all-around competitions. And I can tell you that typically, the average number of falls on vault in the all-around is one. Usually one person falls. Sometimes it's more, and sometimes no one falls. But this, this means that Elise, she really should have been the one, the only gymnast, to fall on vault during the 2000 All-Around. But after Elise fell, one, by one, by one, other gymnasts fell on vault too.
2: It wasn't just a lease. It was lots of athletes who were crashing and burning on vault.
0: Not just two gymnasts, not three, not four, not five, eight. Eight gymnasts fell on vault. And that was just in the first half of the competition.
2: Do you see kids fall at that level? Yes, it happens. But not from that many kids all across the board. You rarely see top athletes, especially on vault.
0: Elisa's fall-on vault during the all-around? It was just the start of a much bigger problem.
2: We knew something was wrong, just nobody could seem to figure it out.
0: On the next episode of Blind Landing, we'll hear from the person who figured out what was wrong.
1: Uh, I think we're just all in shock, if I'm perfectly honest. Total shock that it happened.
0: That's next time on Blind Landing. Blind Landing is reported by me, Ari Saperstein, and produced by me, Christian Green, Micah Kilbon, and Jessica Taylor-Price. Special thanks to Ellen Weiss and Mia Zuckercandle, and thanks to our interviewees for sharing their stories. Before we go, one more thing. So, ratings and reviews are important for every podcast, but especially for shows like this. Blind Landing is independently produced and distributed by a really small team. All of us with full-time jobs, working on the podcast in our free time, on nights and weekends. I know, literally every podcast asks for this, but if you've enjoyed the story so far, and if you'd like to support indie storytelling, the best thing you could do to help us out is to rate the show five stars on Apple Podcasts. It's really easy. All you do is hit the five-star button on the show's main page, and maybe even leave a review if you've got a minute. We'd really appreciate it. Thanks.